This is SENZ. You're on Sunday afternoons with Ricardo Ball, half past two, and uh, we're here through till half three, and then we crossed live to uh, SEN Australia to pick up some NBL action for you. Joining me in studio now uh, is a bloke. If you love your combat sports, you'll know the name, you'll know the face, you'll know the voice as well. Isaac Savage is in studio. G'day, Isaac. How are you? G'day, Ricardo. Welcome. Welcome to 2023. I just jumped off the canoe to get in here, yeah, so thank you for the invite. <laughs> That's all right, mate. You just just put it in the gutter down Parnell Rise and away you go. <laughs> oh, it's been wild out there, um, but there's some, certainly some wild things shaping up as well. Yeah, mate, there's some, some big things shaping up, and that's why I wanted to get you in, especially after I saw the news that Israel Adesanya has confirmed the rematch with Alex Pereira. Uh, I, I think it was always going to come, right? Is he, is he had to go back there? The quadrilogy, as they say, and this is, you know, the, the fourth one to finally settle the score. Or could we go fifth? I mean, he almost had him in that first round. It's rightly and duly, it's only right that this fight happens. Mm. Uh, and not too far away, uh, it's going to be a heck of a matchup. Well, that's the thing. I thought that this fight mirrored, in a way, you know, a lot of people talked about, oh, Alex Pereira beat Izzy in a, in a kickboxing match. Um, and and you know if, and that on paper that makes sense. But I talked to Mike Angove about it. I talked to Rod McSwain about it. I went back and I watched the fight. And if you watch that fight, Izzy's winning that fight all day and and gets caught by something, you know, a bit of a hail mary. And it kind of felt similar. Uh, it's almost sickening how history keeps repeating itself. And like you said, he was starching him in previous fights. He almost got him in that first round when they're on you know the cage mm. uh, just last year, and then. Portan just sort of carried on through and, and got him in that last round. And I don't want to say a strange twist of fate again, but Izzy just needs to close him out early, get in there and uh, leave nothing to go to those championship rounds. Yeah, well, and I think part of that is being, you know, watching um, Izzy's probably last four or five fights is that he seems to be in a place where he thinks, I'm so much better than this guy, he can't touch me. So I don't have to risk too much. I can manage these fights. I don't have to finish the guy. I can just outpoint him and I can manage the fights. And I think that's what he's done in the past. And people have talked about that and said it's disappointing because he's not starching guys. But when you get to a guy like Alex Pereira who can hurt you at any time, you know, when he's there to finish, you've got to finish him. We might need to see some reminisce of you know the Calvin Gastelum fight where he just threw it all out there and tried to finish early or uh, just stand bang right in the middle because yes his style is safe it keeps his faculties in line he's probably going to be one of the most uh, switched on fighters into the later years but it's not always that entertaining it is safe and he might have to risk it he might just get in the pocket not stay back so far this time and really finish Pereira like he did almost in every other single fight. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's shown the ability to do it, but then, like you say, you know, like we say, he, he tapers off and then just tries to manage the fight out, and and maybe that's something a tactic. I don't know if that's a Eugene tactic, it's an Izzy tactic, but it's something they might need to revisit. Well, it certainly worked for him so far, just because yeah. of the way he's so cerebral. He can almost see things before they happen, and it has worked in the past. But into those fifth rounds, I mean, twenty five minutes in a cage with a monster like Pereira opposite yeah. you, and you've seen the size of him. He doesn't even look like he should be in that weight category. The longer it goes on, the worse it's going to be for Izzy, and he's just going to have to get, get in there. He can knock people out. He's done it time and time again. Let's see a knockout from Izzy. That's, well, that's what we want to see. Um, it's going to be a few months away. I think April? That's is, right, is, April, is, is 8th. We, April 8th. Do we know where that is going to take place? I'd say Vegas. Yeah. Uh, be surprised. I don't think they'll be going to Brazil anytime soon after the crowds uh, there. Yeah. You know, I mean, great venue, awesome place to have it. However, I'm sure it's going to be in Vegas. 
Uh, that would be good. The next one is, of course, over in Perth on February the, uh, February the 12th. Uh, Volkanovski and uh, Makachev going head-to-head, uh, putting their belts on the line. Man, this is going to be interesting. Champ versus champ. And, you know, you look at that stare-down, and I loved what uh, uh, Volk said the other day, is that everyone gives them a look when they see him at the sheer size of him. They give him a look like, oh, yeah, this guy's little. Have you, we've got to remember, he used to be 96 kilograms playing league. That's yeah. literally the UFC heavyweight division. <laughs> And the strength of Volk. Yes, he's not a big finisher, but he's been in there with some of the biggest... Well, he mostly spars and grapples with bigger people. Now, what Islam is going to do and and have to do is going to take him to the ground. However, Volk's strong in the ground too. He's not a finisher, but he's very strong and he doesn't give up. I don't think this guy would even tap if something was snapping. No, well, that's the thing we've seen. I mean, how many times have we seen him in a situation where you're going, you're looking at him and going, well, he's going to get choked out here. How's he, he's not going to be able to hold this. And it's just like his face turns purple and he finds a way of getting out of it. T-City, no one ever thought that he could have survived on that, and he did. He just doesn't give up. And this is going to be, you know, looking at the, the odds are crazy. I mean, $340, $40 for, uh, you know, Islam. I just don't understand those odds. And uh, I feel they've got it slightly... M- not the other way around. However, I do feel that you shouldn't count Volk out so early. I mean, if it goes the distance, I'm, this is going to look like it's going to go in Volk's favour just because he can grind it out. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And, and I, the other thing is he has – you look at his average fight time, right? He spends more time in the octagon than just about anybody else. His average fight time is 16, nearly 17 minutes. And, you know, you look at Makachev, his is nine. So – I mean, how is he going to go deep water? Volk can take him deep water. This thing goes 25 minutes, right? How's he going to cope from minute 15 to minute 25? Well, that's, that's the thing. He's finished people so early. I mean, look what he does to people. It's that Degestani wrestling that it almost seems like the new jiu-jitsu of, mm. of this era in MMA. And you're right, he hasn't had as much uh, cage time, but all, I guess all those those years training with the guys back in Degestan will make up for it. And that's probably one thing he's just not going to be used to, the sheer toughness, grit uh, of Volk to be able to grind it out. And if he can't get a sub early, he's gonna, it's going to shock him. Yeah, yeah, it will. I mean, he, and, and then once again it comes down. I don't doubt for any moment that he's fit, but there's conditioning and there's conditioning. And Volks, Volks, I just love how he's stepping up. I mean, on paper it doesn't look so good for him, but I think he'll have half of Anzacs, you know, half the world really cheering for him. It's, it's a great matchup, and especially him stepping up in weight. And that's the other champ, f- champ. Yeah, over there we've got uh, plenty of other uh, Kiwis and Aussies on the on the card as well, being in Perth, including uh, Jack Della Madalena uh, in the uh, welterweights up against Randy Brown. That's also on the main card. And then you've got Justin Taffer up against a guy, Parker Porter, I don't know too much about. Uh, but that just looks like it's going to go bang, bang, and probably last about five minutes. Well, it runs in the family. I mean, Junior, his bro, has just signed, and now Justin's uh, you know been in there for a bit, and they can stand and bang. And that... He goes in to finish. There's no, you're right. There's no other way that Justin Tuffer goes in. Tuffer gang, as they say, and he goes in to finish early. I mean, Parker Porter certainly got a bit of experience as well, 13 and 7. Don't expect this to go three. No. You know, actually, you know what? If, if, I'm, if I'm part of that uh, Tuffer camp, you know, what the, you, know, you know what my shirt slogan's going to be? I'm tougher than you. 
<laughs> I reckon that's what they need to roll out. I think, I think you've just given them a bit of marketing right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's brilliant. Uh, what about Jimmy Crute? Um, he's an Australian we've seen come up uh, as a light heavyweight. He's fighting Alonzo Minefield uh, over in uh, over in Perth. Uh, this is the first fight of the main card. Jimmy Crute, 13th, ranked in the light heavies. And he's a guy that not only can he do damage, but he can take damage. He's one of my favourite fighters, both fight style and personality. He's an absolute lad. He comes to party. He's got personality. And his, his record has been barred. You know, he's um, had some pretty tough fights. You know, a couple of losses recently. It's always hard to see. But once again, he comes in too. He risks it for the biscuit, leaves nothing for the road home, and he's an exciting fighter. But Alonzo Manfield, he's on the, he's on the come up as well, 13-3. and three. You know, and at that level too, no fights get any easier. So Jimmy Crute's been in there with some beasts. Alonzo is another one. But based on his toughness, I see him coming through. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm looking, looking forward to that. Now, the main fight of the prelims is Tyson Pedro, another big Australian, um, up against Zhang Mingyang out of China. And uh, now, given that our old mate, Mike Angove, is the is the head striking coach over in China now at the, at the UFC centre, um, he might know a little bit about this guy. Great call. Tyson Pedro, too, being you know, staying here now mm. at CKB in Auckland or doing most of his training there. You see a lot of the snips come up there on the CKB uh, Insta and, and page. But you're right, Mike Angove, lightning. Yeah. He's, you know, he's over in the, in the mainland and training up all these killers out of the USC gym. And he'll be, you know, offloading some of that CKB skills, you know, finesse that could may not play in the, you know, the favour of Tyson Pedro. And we've got to remember too, Tyson's been off for a good sort of couple of years, two years plus. So hopefully Mike Ango hasn't taught them all his tricks. Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Hey, I've got a text that's just come through. Uh, if John Bones Jones returns with a bang, do you think that cements him as the GOAT? Or if not... Who is it that springs to mind? It is hard to separate division, etc. But if I had to ask you for a go, who would it be? Well, that's a really good text. And never would I thought that John Jones would look like a good guy, ever. And lately, with everything <laughs> going on, and we didn't even mention the start of the year in MMA, there's been too much to mention. John Jones is sort of emerging a hero. How? Sorry, well, you no, might have to explain that to Well, me. not a hero, but uh, just stepping up and finally fighting after yeah. three or four years, yeah. putting everything aside. I mean, given that everything else that is going on. Now... If he wins, goat potentially probably needs to win a couple more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have loved to see Nagano. Yeah. However, we all know what happened there. He should beat Gan, but then he like he hasn't fought for two or three years. Gan is fast, heavy, skilled, and fit. To be honest, I hope Gan absolutely buries him. That's what <laughs> I hope happens. I hope I hope Gan absolutely buries John Jones. Me saying hero in, in one sentence of Jones probably didn't go down too well with you. <laughs> no, well, I, I mean, like you know, he's a great athlete, um, and he, he's got some fantastic skills. I, I, you know, on his day, he was one of the best we've ever seen. But outside of the octagon. Yeah, uh, it leaves a lot to be desired, shall we say? Um, given we've got to probably BSA listening, um, but so so I'll leave it there. But, but you know what? You know what I mean. Yeah, the thing is, Ricardo, there are weight categories for a reason, mm. and we're going to see this with obviously Perth mm-hmm. and Volk, and then we're going to see this with John Jones and Cyril. And look, some people are just all about Jones. You know, they're getting absolutely swamped and mesmerised by just who he is and was, but he hasn't been around for two or three years. Cyril Garn absolutely has been destroying the weight division. We even saw what he did to our mate in Australia, Tai Tuivasa. Yeah. I mean, absolutely punished him. And Tuivasa's a big guy, he can bang, he's tough. And he went down after, you know, some punishment. 
Mr. Rogan to, can do the same to Jones. Yeah, well, and that's the other thing because you know, I the, the last challenges Jones really had with court was Cormier, and Cormier was a clincher, not a puncher, uh, and that really played into Jones's wheelhouse because Jones was so much longer than him, so it was always going in his favour whichever way it went. So it'll be interesting to see a guy who, who wants to stand toe to toe and can bang how Jones handles that. Well, that's the thing. To call me as a short guy, I think Jones always had his number. And Jones's later fights, you know, you start to see him sort of taper down a little, Riaz and the others. So this is a big step up. You're fighting the absolute best of the best, Bar Nagano. Cyril Garn, you know, if he t- takes this, where to for Jones? Great question. Great question. Keep your questions coming through. Double eight, double three. Uh, does that finish Jones? Will he just follow Brock Lesnar over to the WWE? Well, he does. Interesting enough, too, he does have a seven to eight fight deal. But I'd almost, I'd bet the house that doesn't go eight fights, given his history of even making the first one. I mean, hey, Ricardo, will he even make this fight? I'd, I hope he does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, eight fights. I mean, that's we 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 should be taking odds on that one because if he makes eight fights. Without any incidences in between? Yeah. That'd be a surprise. That'd be a massive surprise. So who is your goat then? Who is your goat if you had to, had to pull a goat? Who would you say? Well, Volk wins. He's definitely Volk. one of the up there. Um, yeah. You know, Anderson's in the mix. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's the GSPs, the, the BJ mm. Pens. Uh, Jones, for me, he doesn't quite go into that category just yet. Just more so um, outside of the, the cage, as you said. But... Some may put him in that contender spot as well. Um, yeah, George St. Pierre is a great call. What about Chuck Liddell? Is he anywhere near it? Or is he is he more in the conversation just because of the personality? He is? But more so the personality. I mean, he was. I mean, the way he won as well, how he just leaned back, two fists down, was absolutely crazy. Uh, up there, and he certainly put the sport on the map. You know, he appealed to the masses. Uh, but but goat still, you got to look at like you know the caliber of fighters people for even. Um, uh, you know, obviously GSP, the BJ's, and um, our most recent Degastani fighter. I mean, he may not have been the most mm. entertaining, but he could potentially go into the goat category as well. He won W's. He got the W's right. And he might have been boring to watch, but he won. He got the W's. Uh, another text has come through. Will we ever see Paulo Costa again? Uh, when uh, would he have taken Rob, or is he just officially a Twitter troll? Career after Izzy has been trash. Gotta love the secret juice. And once again, we're seeing a real reversal of some of these enemies. I mean, I, I can guarantee two, two, two and a half years ago, two years ago, not many people liked him as much as they do now. He's having fun. He is a bit of a Twitter troll with the secret juice and his little memes here and there. I would love to see him fight and, and get some dubs. Whitaker's a tough one. Whitaker's an absolute beast. If, if Izzy wasn't around, Whitaker would be the champ. Mm. Yeah, I'd love to see Whitaker um, take Paolo Costa to the cleaners, to be fair. Let, let's, let's be honest. I'm, I'm just letting it all hang out, my biases. I don't care. Yeah, you, you are today. You're, there's certainly <laughs> some people out there that you want to see hurt. And, uh... <laughs> tell you a bloke that I want to see do well. Um, we haven't seen him uh, in the UFC for a little while. Is Shane Young, and he makes his comeback on the undercard out at Perth as well. Shane Young is sliced and diced. I don't know if you've seen photos of him recently, but you could literally grate cheese. <laughs> you grate cheese on those abs. And I mean, he's always been in great shape. Yeah. And, you know, I love how, you know, he's spoken of Mouldy there when in interviews. He, he talks about all, mental health. He, you know, he's a he's a guy that puts it out there, you know, both in and out of the ring. And 
I can't wait to see him get in there and fight again. Yeah, up against Blake Builder in the featherweights. That is uh, Perth on February the 12th. Hey, uh, Isaac, well, we've got you in. I did want to ask you about Joe Parker as well. Uh, of course, he got the winner over Jack Massey. Uh, it was it was points, uh, although it did feel like Massey didn't really um, do much there in terms of trying to win the fight because he didn't want to get hit. Um, and Joe couldn't put couldn't finish him, couldn't put him away. He's not a Tyson type fighter, but he he won convincingly on the cards. I guess the question is, you know, where next for Joe because they are already talking about having him fight again in April. Yeah, good question. And we talked about it earlier. Just a quickly on Massey. I mean, if you had a quick look at his record, uh, very solid record of, mm-hmm. against sort of journeymen and young and up and coming and old fighters around the world. But you just have to do a quick look at the record to know that he's busy and it's always going to be a tough fight. Surprised it went the distance. You know, if Joe was really trying to make a statement, he would have finished him earlier. And his trainer was very upfront about that um, after the, the, the bout. Next, potentially Dillian White. Mm. You know, there's a headbutt in the first fight, knockdown for Joe. But we're really going to see him come out guns blazing. Has he reached, um, the, you know, sort of near the end of his career? Some would say so, but he's still got a lot left in him. You start, you know, power doesn't go in the heavyweight division. Well, it does, that's one of the last things to go. So Dillian White would make sense outside of that. No one within the top five because he just wouldn't be ready for it. No, I'm just having a look actually, um, and shout out because uh, to to Sam Wilson on writing this for stuff.co.nz. He's um, he's done a a list of potential um, opponents, uh, and the American Michael Hunter with the 21 and two record uh, is one that he suggests might be might be an option. Um, for Joe, if he wanted to go fight back in the states, even though he does have that Sky Sky UK deal. Well, let's think another. He sounds like a similar um, a body to Massey with the twenty-one and O record. And if he does want to get you know more of that US market, it could be a potential great fight. But then, are we going to see the same performance? Jack Massey, you know, a lot of people counted him out early. The the American fighter as well. Yeah, solid record. But if you're the former WBO champ, you can't have any easy fights. No, you can't. Uh, what about Dempsey McKean out of Aussie, twenty-two and O, former kickboxer. Really starting to make his mark now, and just went over there and done it. You know, he didn't. He's paving his own way, and he's he's calling out the big boys. You know, he wants AJ. He's asking him to get in there and stand and bang with him. AJ might be running. Is Dempsey ready from yet? Well, who knows? You never know until you throw and look at Tyson Buster, Tokyo. No one would have thought they would have went that way. Dempsey McKean, he is young. He's hungry. He's got the power. He's busy, and I I want to see that fight. Yeah, that'd be a great fight. I tell you another one. Uh, Brian Jennings might be a might might be a go as well. I mean, if we're throwing names around, I I think personally he will, it'll be a Dillian White. It needs to be another Englishman for this for the Sky market, just for that TV deal. I don't think he's got one fight left in that TV deal, so I think it's got to be a Pom rather than an American. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Oh look, anyone he fights next would be great. He's a massive heavyweight, another Aussie. You know, mm. Lucas Brown's been making a bit of a comeback. There's only a couple of big heavyweights in the Aussie division, um, Huni as well. So, but Dempsey, he's there, and it just goes to show if you really want to carve out a career in the sport, you have to go to either the States or the UK. Simple as that. Yeah, that's why you got to do it. It is uh, ten away from three here on SENZ. This is Sunday afternoons with Ricardo.